0: In this episode of Planned Medicine Transmissions, I would like to keep uh, exploring the ways in which we avoid feeling, avoid experiencing. One of the main ways for us to avoid taking responsibility for our own experience, for the beliefs, the patterns, that we hold in our consciousness is by projecting them onto the outside world. Projection is one of the main dynamics on a psychological level and a particularly uh, pronounced one among Westerners. I have mentioned in uh, previous episodes that one of the main ways in which we Westerners uh, function is through self-repression. In the Judeo-Christian tradition, we have created sets of values, of morals, of laws that are believed to be of divine origin. And it is assumed and believed that the breaking of these laws of not being in alignment with certain ethical and moral values will carry heavy consequences into the afterlife even though we live in an increasingly secular society, these old ways, this religious tradition that relies heavily on laws, on uh, an idea of what is good and what is evil, is still very strong with us nowadays. And therefore, we unconsciously or consciously live our lives according to these laws, doing our best to not break these laws, doing our best to cultivate the virtues that are sanctioned by our culture. From a very early age, we learn what is believed, considered to be good, and what is considered to be evil and not acceptable in our society. And we quickly learn the consequences of both acting in accordance to what is believed to be good and the consequences of acting according to what is believed to be evil with the resulting punishment and oftentimes uh, ostracism on the part of other group members. In order to avoid the reawakening of a wound of rejection and of abandonment, what uh, we do is we start projecting all those aspects of ourselves That we believe not to be good outside ourselves. The mechanism of projection is a very simple defense mechanism in order not to feel what is deemed as unacceptable by the individual. It all starts with a very simple judgment such as, I am bad, or I am not good enough. And uh, that judgment results also in uh, guilt and shame. I'm fond of saying that uh, this is a sort of Holy Trinity, judgment, guilt, and shame. When these become unbearable, the easiest way to disown all of it is by projecting it out into the world, by seeing in the world outside ourselves a reflection of those aspects of ourselves that we have found unbearable. By projecting onto the world and onto other people our own shadow, we actually polarize ourselves. And uh, or more often than not, we put ourselves on the side that makes us look best. In his book, uh, The Psychology of Transference, Carl Gustav Jung uh, uh, describes uh, the process of classic alchemy as... Uh, a process of marrying both aspects of who we are, whether it is the masculine and the feminine aspect, but also the aspect of, so to speak, light and the aspect of, so to speak, shadow. And he says at some point that the higher a light we shine into the world, the longer a a shadow this light will cast. So, what happens is, in this uh, increasing polarization of wanting to be on the part of the good, and of rejecting our shadow part, what happens is we actually create, we project that shadow increasingly so into the outside world. The healing process, as I understand it, is not a total denial of our own shadow. Quite the contrary is a process of embracing those aspects of ourselves that we have disowned, oftentimes projecting them onto others and onto the world. This is a process of embracing, of integrating all aspects of ourselves. And this is where some people experience really uh, difficult scenarios in a, a healing process, particularly a healing process with plant medicines, where they are not able to control their experience, where they may be face-to-face with this deeply repressed shadow aspect of themselves which does not fit their idea of who they are or the idea of who they ought to be. A few months ago, I was contacted by email by someone who was reading my book on ayahuasca who criticized me for not expressing in my book the dangers of drinking ayahuasca. It turns out that this individual had gone to the jungle for a diet and um, had experienced uh, psychotic episodes that continued for a while after leaving the jungle, this person had become convinced and wanted as many other people as possible to agree with him that ayahuasca can be the cause of psychotic breakdowns and episodes. I had to disagree with this person First of all, because uh, such claim would have to be corroborated by serious scientific studies instead of just sporadic events to make it a sacrosanct truth. But also, I told this person that, in my opinion, uh, most likely what had happened to this person was just the tip of an iceberg. And that, as a matter of fact, the episodes, what he experienced in the jungle, had only been an opening, an opening into the totality of who this person is. However, this person was not able to own that experience, to actually embrace that darkness, that shadow that became so obvious under the effects of ayahuasca and during his diet process. Because of this inability to embrace these aspects of himself, then uh, the one of the reactions one of the uh, stratagems was to actually blame something outside himself as the cause of his experience. Now blaming, is another very uh, popular way of dissociating ourselves from our own experience. We blame something or someone for the way we feel so that we don't have to take responsibility for it. I speak of this because in our culture we still use a term from the 60s uh, the quote unquote bad trip, and we still speak of such uh, experiences like it's a hit or miss, like it's something um unpredictable. Now, what is known as a bad trip is what happens when we start resisting our very own experience under the effects of mind-altering substances. Our experience stops, comes to a halt in the very place that we are doing our best to resist or to avoid. We can then safely say that bad trips are not accidents. Bad trips are actually caused by our own very resistance and little else. It is important then to be aware that mind-altering substances and ayahuasca and San Pedro are no exception whatsoever. They open our own inner landscape completely not selectively, as we oftentimes hope it will be. Many people engage in this process with these substances and medicines hoping to have a pleasant experience, hoping to connect with their gifts, with their inner light, with their highest selves. And all of that is fine, but by the same token, they should be open also to experience their darkest selves, the lowest. And when we are open to all experience, when we are open to connecting with the totality of who we are, then I believe we are approaching this process with the right attitude, with an attitude that is actually more realistic and uh, less illusory. People who are only interested in a pleasant experience in expanding their consciousness and raising their vibration without being willing to actually embrace and integrate their own shadow will be disappointed sooner or later they will be disappointed because they're not that they're doing something wrong but that this is a process of integrating both light and shadow rather than pursuing exclusively one at the expense of the other. This is a process of integration. I'll repeat it once again. And I repeat it because it is important that as people engage in this process, that they be aware, fully aware of what this process is actually about. Now, we can project onto this process, onto these medicines, whatever fantasy, whatever expectations, but the energy of these medicines is what it is. And cannot be changed at will just to fulfill our own fantasies. For me, ayahuasca's greatest gift, greatest power, is not its ability to put us in touch with our own brightest light, but it's actually its ability to have us finally face and embrace our deepest fear, our deepest darkness, to help us finally navigate those areas of ourselves that we would rather not ever visit again. When we approach the medicine with that kind of openness of mind and heart, this willingness to experience and receive uh, exactly what's in store for us, then I think that our minds and hearts are in the right place and uh, we can also this way avoid the pitfall of very traumatic experiences where we spend our time under the effects of the medicine resisting, and uh, resistance is what actually creates our own suffering. The experience may be painful and challenging in and of itself, and it often is, but it is our own resistance that creates our own suffering a client shared with us after an ayahuasca ceremony how he understood that, yes, there is pain, but um, that actually suffering is created by pain multiplied by our very own resistance. So when we bring that level of resistance to zero, in the best of cases, then actually there is no suffering. Suffering is not a quality intrinsic in reality. It is what we create as a result of our own attitude towards life. Blessings.